Welcome to the Podcast Network of Family Life. I'm Brian Goins, host of Married with Benefits, a podcast devoted to helping you love the one you're with and discover all the benefits that came with saying, I do. Today, I'm joined once again by Harvard-trained researcher Shanti Feldhahn, who just got her Diet Coke. Yes, I did. Delivered to her. I just got my coffee delivered to me. It's my fuel. And I'm sitting here going, why don't we have Married with Benefits mugs? We need to get we some. We need those. So Absolutely. We need Ryan to start designing our logo because we can start selling those. We we probably could use those as premiums yeah. for uh, our listeners. I'm or sure they some, would love that give too. Give some swag away. So be looking for those at some point in time. <laughs> but we are not. We <laughs> our, are, our producer just our, went, oh no, yeah, one other right. thing to do. One other thing to do. Well, we have a great benefit today, not just of being joined with Shanti, but we have Ann Wilson in the house, and she is going to be on the podcast as well. Anne, of course, is the co-host of our daily radio program, Family Life Today, and I dare I say, the favorite host of Family Life Today. Well, I can't <laughs> say that, because I like both Anne and Dave. Okay. You know? Dave's, Dave's okay, but I'm going to go ahead and say she's my favorite. And she's Don't also, tell Dave. She's also the author of a new book called Vertical Marriage, uh, which is also Family Life just produced a small group series with Vertical Marriage, which awesome. is excellent. In fact, Jim Mitchell, our executive producer, helped produce that and did a great job with it. You can find all of that on our website at familylife.com. And thanks for jumping on with us this morning. So fun to be with you, you guys. Well, and I wish I had like a lighter question to come at you with, Anne, to start start our your first visit on this podcast with us. But it is a bit of a tough one, and many couples can lose heart, and and some move from I saying I do to I don't if this mm-hmm. isn't handled well. Absolutely. And so the question is this: um, you know, what happens when my wife says she doesn't trust me, and she's growing distant or cold? What do I do? Mm. That's a great question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, to me, the starting point, and I'd love to hear Anne address this because I know this is part of your story in Vertical Marriage in your book. But when I hear that kind of question, she doesn't says she doesn't trust me anymore and she's becoming distant. What do I do? Like wake up fast mm. because that's a really big signal of something that is something you need to take very seriously as a husband. Yeah. Because one of the biggest trends that we see in the research across all the different studies and frankly across more informal settings like when we do events is pretty often we'll have a husband come up to us and say, my wife just suddenly shut down and she says she wants a divorce and I didn't even know we had such a big problem. It just didn't register that there was something such a big deal that was going on. And sometimes there's been a reason for the lack of trust. You know, he had a pornography problem. He just didn't realize how big of a deal it was to his wife. Or he had become a workaholic. And, you know, she was like, I need you. I need you. And he just thought, you know, it's fine. You know, we got to make sure we can provide for the family. And then she's done. Yeah. And I'm curious because I know that's part of Anne's story as well. Yeah. So, Anne, was there a time where it felt like, man, Dave was just clueless? And I know we're... We might be throwing Dave under the bus. I will say we talked to him yesterday, and he's like, oh, I'll tell all these stories. They're in the book. So <laughs> we're not sharing anything, and you're not going to be sharing anything that has not already been da- vetted by Dave, which is very important uh, for couples when they share stories. Always get permission. Yep. But uh, and was there a time where it felt like, man, he was just clueless as to where trust had been broken? And how did that develop in your in your story? Yeah, and you guys really are describing our marriage, our lives. And Shanti, I would agree with you. 
I think that guys, when their wife is crying out or complaining or saying, we need to fix this, they need to perk up their ears because it's serious. It was really, and I'm sure that some listeners have heard this story, but it was our 10-year anniversary. I thought we were doing terrible. Dave was gone all the time. He was traveling with the Detroit Lions because he was their chaplain. We had two little boys, a four and a two-year-old. We had always been doing ministry together. And suddenly he's just gone all the time. Mm -hmm. And we were also starting a new church. And so he's at meetings. He's kind of helping start this whole thing, which was a dream come true for both of us. But I also felt like you're leaving us in the dust. Our boys don't know you anymore. I feel Mm. like, and I was saying those things to you, to him, like, Dave, we need you. And he's like, I know, but this is so important. And he was gone all the time. And I started out so angry and I would yell, but I found that after a while I stopped yelling and I started becoming really um, bitter. And then my bitterness turned to resentment. And then my resentment turned to numbness and I didn't even care. We were at the point I didn't care. And I told Dave that at one point, I have nothing. I'm, I feel like I've checked out of our relationship. I don't even care that you're gone. And here's the thing, you guys. He thought we were doing great. Exactly what you said, Shanti. He thought we were like at a 10. And I'm like, we're a point five. Are you kidding me? How do we get that clueless as guys? What is it that that where we can't even pick up on those signals? Well, here's I can actually tell you exactly what it is because this is one of the things that Jeff and I really dug into in a couple of the studies that we did. It comes back to one of the things we said in one of the previous episodes about the different insecurities of men and women. Men simply, once they get married, they stop feeling insecure about whether their wife loves them. They just assume that she loves them, you know, because that's not their insecurity. Their insecurity is more, am I going to be able to provide for the family? Guys, that's your insecurity. And so you never take that for granted. But you completely assume your relationship is fine because, you know, of course she loves me. And you don't recognize in her heart – Her question is that, am I lovable that we talked about in episode one? Am I special? And in marriage, that that doesn't go away. It just morphs a little bit to, does he really love me? And that is a very, very real concern and fear for her. So when you're off being the Detroit Lions chaplain and you're off, you know, maybe you're on the road as a salesman a lot. Maybe you have other issues like the pornography stuff and you signal to her something that says that you're growing distant, she is feeling absolutely like we are about to go over the edge. I am absolutely feeling unloved because that's her question. And that's where, Anne, I'm I'm thinking about how, you know, you two are totally missing it. And yet Dave, probably the reason why he thinks he's a 10 is because he is providing for the family. Like he is working hard. He's building the church. He's working with the Detroit Lions. And and so he's feeling like I am loving you. And so how is that yeah. how does that conversation go where he where you're going you're you're clearly not you've broken trust and he's going man I feel like I've been loving you hard you know I've been doing loving all that well. I could do loving yeah. you well. I think he was saying that. He said I'm proving I'm loving you by all that I'm doing for you. And yet I'm thinking in my heart no I don't want that. I want you. And and I think you're exactly right. He's chasing his career. 
thinking he's loving me by providing. And I'm thinking, no, I want a relationship with you. I want you to be here with us in relationship time-wise. And so that was really hard for Dave for us to even get it for one another of what that looked like. If I could mention one of the statistics for the guys, sure. this is going to blow a lot of the men who are listening to this away. And this is a nationally representative study. This isn't just churchgoers. This is every age and racial background and religious background, et cetera. And that is that seven out of 10 married women, 70% of married women said if they had to make a choice and, you know, we wouldn't want to have to make the choice, but if we had to, 70% said I would actually give up financial security. I would endure financial hardship even if I had to, if that's what it took to get more of you. Mm-hmm. And that is the difference. Men find that incredibly hard to believe. Guys, I know you find that incredibly hard to believe. But if you're seeing it in the statistics and you're hearing it from your wife, you need to listen. Yeah. Shanti, that's so interesting because I took that statistic in your book and I asked them, which would you choose? Every single woman in the room said, I would rather have the relationship than the security of the financial part. And every guy listening to this is going, oh, yeah, you say that now when we have (laughs) financial security. I can tell you because this is what men always say when we mention this. They say, you know, you say that now. But, hey, let's try enduring that financial hardship and see what you say. Well, guess what? We actually crunched those numbers based on where people were financially. And the women who describe themselves at the lowest end of the financial scale, who describe their finances as quote-unquote desperate, were even more likely to say that they would want him. Hmm. You know, we're talking a lot about workaholism. You know, it seems like, how did that translate into broken trust for you, Anne? Because Hmm. I could hear one guy going, all right, uh, yeah, I work a lot, but why is that broken trust. That, that doesn't seem, feel like broken trust to me. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think what happened is, I think what happened for me as a woman is I stopped trusting that he was intentional or wanted to participate in our relationship. And what I mean by that is he would say, hey, you know, it's going to be okay. In another week or two, I will get my schedule together. But it kept going and going and going. And so what I think I did in my heart was I kind of shut down my heart. Because when you put your heart out there, it's, it's kind of I'm handing you my heart because I trust you with it. I'm trusting your word of saying you're going to commit to this and we're going to be together. And so my heart got hard. And I no longer trusted him to care for it mm-hmm. because I felt like he wasn't putting the time or energy into caring for it. Well, it felt like he didn't care for it. Right? That's exactly. what it feels like, even if that's not true, but right. that's what it feels like. Because yep. I think most yep. guys listening to this are going, I'm broken trust. I can understand it with pornography. I can understand it with an affair. Yeah, an affair. I can, those are the big things. But what I hear you saying is, no, it's, it's about I'm trusting you with my heart. And that when we said I do, the benefits yeah. of saying I do was you're going to care for me. You're going to nourish me. The Bible in Ephesians 5 talks about nourishing and cherishing. And then if I'm constantly feeling ignored and taken advantage of or thought light of, I'm not going to trust that we're going to be one. It's not like I was saying, me, me, come and serve me, be with me. I just wanted to say, let's just be a team together again. Not be so distant. 
There's a whole host of ways that a guy without intending to – I mean let's all acknowledge to all the men and the women who are listening in that this is out of good intentions. This isn't bad intentions most of the time. A man cares for his wife deeply. It's just that the wife is feeling uncared for and we're trying to help some of the men understand why that yeah. why that is. But another example of that is this has actually happened to a friend of mine. They went through some financial hardship – and had to shut down a business, had to – they lost their home and had to move back in with his mother. Mm. And from Who that – Who was that? From, well, neither of them really wanted to, but it was kind of, OK, this is the way it's got to be for a bit until sure. we get back on, their, on our feet. And the problem was is that he didn't realize – and I totally believe he didn't kind of get this – he didn't realize that from that moment on, he kind of started prioritizing his mother mm. rather than his wife. And literally, I was asking her if, you know, she – I was giving her a gift of some kind and she was like, I don't have any place to put this because, you know, we're in the guest room and in his mom's house. I'm like, well, maybe she can just store it in the, you know, storage room. And she's like, well, I don't really have any status to ask that. And Ooh. I thought, oh, dear. You know, that that's a signal that he's, you know, all of these ways he's prioritizing his mom over his wife and not standing up for his wife. Now, that's an extreme example. You're living with your in-laws. However, think through there may be things like that where you as a, a husband don't realize maybe you are sort of not standing up for your wife with a difficult situation with your parents or – you know, not protecting her in that way, that could also be broken trust. Yeah. So I'm almost wanting to give the guys something to go, hey, here, here are the five or six things that, that are broken trust issues that we may not be thinking about. Like I'm hearing you say prioritizing mom over over the wife. And I'm hearing you say, I, I just don't feel like you're cherishing my heart. Anymore. You're cherishing, you're valuing something more than my heart. What are some other things? Again, we, we know about porn. We know about affairs. We'll get to that later. But what are some other ways where you go, this is a signal of broken trust in that, um, in that arena of, of, of my relationship that a guy might not be thinking about? The thing that occurred to me immediately when you said that, Brian, is to some degree how you handle the kids. Women and men tend to have sometimes very different ways of handling the kids. And sometimes a wife can feel your way of handling the kids is too harsh. And that doesn't mean that you like change everything you are as a dad. You know, dads and moms just handle things differently. But if she's consistently worried about that, in her mind, if you're hurting her children, you're hurting her yeah. and breaking some trust there. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I was thinking too is this is a big one for women, especially in today's society with our social media platforms and how we're so interactive um, digitally, but I think boundaries with women, other women is really big. And and what I mean by that is not just that you're having an affair. It could be who you're talking to online, who you're interacting with on social media, what you're looking at, who you're following. 
Um, I've talked to so many women that are feeling so insecure because there aren't very many boundaries put in place for protection of their marriage. And I think for Dave and I, we're pretty diligent on this. Um, Because he's a pastor, he has a lot of women that are hurting and wanting to meet with him, wanting to have lunch with him, wanting to share her problems with him. And he's really, we've both put some boundaries in place, even on our social media of we can see who we're following, we can see what we're looking at, because that can feel, make us as women feel super insecure. Well, even things like, wait, why won't you let me see your text messages? Ding, ding, ding. That's a signal. Yeah, those kinds of things. And guys, let me just say to any of the men listening to this, who that may be a question for them, is why aren't you? If, you know, you may think I'm not having an affair. I'm not, if you're not completely opening your life to her, if there's some piece of yourself that you're holding back out of sort of a desire to protect yourself a little bit, maybe you're a little worried about having your heart be so open to this person that you love so much it feels scary. But if you're holding back and protecting yourself, you're actually going to create the problem that you are trying to protect yourself from. It seems like there there are a lot of uh, guys that, that will have addicts of their heart that they won't let their wife into. Mm. And eventually that addict mm. grows to take over the other parts of their heart. And that's where their trust really starts breaking down. Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about this and, and, and you started feeling cold, you mentioned the words bitter and uh, that you just started getting resentful. You started pulling away. And I would imagine if I'm Dave, because this happens with Jen and I a lot, um, is that I have this unbelievable superpower where – Jen can walk in a room and I can take her temperature from across the room. I'm like this, like distant, it's like a meat thermometer, but for a woman's heart. She comes in and I can go, okay, she's cold and I need to find a a warmer room, preferably with a TV and some bag of chips. (laughs) I can see how this problem exacerbates because when a woman gets colder towards a man, it's not like that signals to a guy, hey, let's move closer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it that a guy, you know, I, I'm hearing Shanti say, first of all, wake up and stop minimizing this issue. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's you need a, to treat it as such. Treat it as So if I'm getting those signals, my wife is cold, she's not responding, she's yelling, she's it's like something's off. Uh, think of it, guys. Think of it this way. How would you feel if that was your boss? Mm. That's good. If your boss started getting distant, if your boss started excluding you from meetings, if your boss started saying certain things, you would take it so seriously because of your fear of needing to provide for your family. Take it exactly that seriously. So I'm hearing wake up. But what else did Dave do to really help move towards that restoring? Okay, I, I'm, trust has been broken. That's been communicated. I've woken up. Now what do I do? Where do and, I go next? And I'll just add that I really had a piece in this as well because I, I think what we can do as women is we can – put all of our hope, just as men kind of go out to their career and be a provider. What I started doing is I took my eyes off of Jesus as my provider and my provision and security, and I put them on Dave. Mm. And it was like I had a magnifying glass on him, and I started pointing out and seeing all the ways he wasn't making my heart feel secure. So what Dave ended up doing, which was, first of all, he said, He repented. He said, I'm not right with God. I need to get right with God. I need to apologize to you, which even that, an apology of saying, I'm hearing you right now, and I'm really sorry that I haven't been listening. That right there was like, whoa, because before we would just go into combat mode where Dave would be defensive, I would be defensive. So for him, first of all, to apologize, and you guys, my heart didn't 
get warm overnight and my feelings didn't come back overnight. But what ended up happening was Dave, who hates conflict, hates it. And so what we would go out for lunch and I was so amazed by this because we would sit down for lunch or dinner once a week or once every couple of weeks. And here's what he would say. So tell me how you think we're doing and how am I doing as a husband? I thought, are you kidding me? That is the most vulnerable thing he could say. And as he's kept doing that, because he's like, I'm going to be so bad. She's going to give me a one again, you know, out of a one to 10, how are we doing? But what happened was I saw that, wow, just having that conversation, it was so simple just to ask that. But that conversation made me feel more secure. Like, oh, he's he means this. This is really important to him that he's going to the point of having conflict that could happen. And he would ask me that question. And that really began to restore my trust in Dave. So I'm hearing wake up. First of all, guys, just wake up. Don't minimize this. It's not that big of a deal. It's not going to go away. Don't wait for her just to warm back up to you. Wake up and address how significant the issue is. Repent first to God. I think that's what one of the things you mm-hmm. said. Like get right with God vertically, which is what your book is all about, mm-hmm. which is it's, it's, it's such a great concept. Get right with God and then apologize. Get right horizontally with, with, my, with my wife. Truly apology, no buts, no rationalizations, just own it, right? Mm-hmm. Then I love what, what you said there is that Dave was going back almost for a performance review. Oh, that's which, a good way you know, to see it. Scary. It's, it's scary, scary. And it sounds like, well, that shouldn't be a gospel-centered marriage that we're, you know, but but the truth of the matter is it's accountability. It's saying, hey, how am I doing here? I, I, I recognize I have blind spots. They wouldn't call them blind spots if we if we saw them, right? So the best person to see those is my wife. So how am I doing, honey? How, how am I doing specifically in this area of trusting and of holding your heart well? And then I can see a guy listening to this and going, that right there is the most scary thing that you said mm-hmm. out of all four of those things yep. um, because it is opening himself up for criticism. And, you know, as we were talking about, for a guy, it's all about, am I any good at what I do? And opening myself up to hearing, no, you're doing a stinky job <laughs> doesn't doesn't feel very good. But... Guys, here's the thing. The very fact that you are opening yourself up in that way, that right there touches your wife's heart. And this is one of those cases where you're going to have to trust God, even if it's hard to trust your wife to hold that heart well, you know, to to sort of recognize your vulnerability in that area. Maybe she doesn't recognize your vulnerability. Maybe she has been rubbed so raw that you're going to have to be okay for a while with her saying some pretty hard things that may be really hard for you to hear and for you to recognize that as this is part of the consequence of me being so clueless for so long and having good intentions and not realizing that I was rubbing her raw. And now she's responding out of that, which isn't great, but this is your opportunity to sort of protect that rawness while she regrows the skin, so to speak, right. and is able to get back to a place where she's able to be more loving and more caring. And this is your opportunity to be that protector of her heart in a different way. It's one of the most courageous things I think guys can do because we do feel so insecure. It's a moment where we can depend upon God's spirit because we don't want to move into that coldness. We don't want to move into that. And we feel like a failure. We feel like we'll mess up again. Yeah. But trusting that God will give you power and encouragement to move into that, into her heart and to, and to help with that. I think you guys have given us a great roadmap to do that. 
So I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate your vulnerability. You and Dave both do a great job. I think that's why you guys are um, a great host for Family Life today. But in the book, Vertical Marriage, you go into some details just even about uh, Dave's uh, neck problem. <laughs> Uh, with um, how he would constantly – not I don't know how constant it was, but he would look at other women. He talks a little bit about pornography. We're not going to get into that a ton right now because we've actually got a counselor that we're going to be talking to about how do you restore trust after that. But In the next episode. In the next episode. Yeah. But for you, what was um, – you know, you think about that for Dave. What was the thing for him that he was able to go, okay, I, I woke up. I apologize. Walk through that quickly with mm. us about how he did that with you when it came to pornography. Yeah. And that was something that took a while too, to, because Dave had been, and, and let me add, this was way back at the beginning of our marriage. We, he's really found victories, doing great. But in the beginning of our marriage, he kind of came in with this in his background. And um, he went through a spell where he was really kind of just hiding it from me. But I could tell something was off, and I kept asking him, asking him. He said, no, no, no. So then it finally came out, which I felt Mm. like, oh, well, you've been lying all this time, which is really hard. But what ended up happening, and let me add, I had a terrible response as he confessed it and told Mm. me. I wish I wouldn't have. It just kind of, I was awful. And then I would keep asking him, and he would go through times of victory, times of failure. Um, and this went on for a couple of years, but I realized I was doing a terrible job of responding, which made him feel total shame and wanting to pull away. But what Dave ended up doing was he brought other men into his life and said, you guys need to help me. I'm hurting Anne. I want to be open with her. And so I think when I saw him really attacking this, when I realize this isn't an overnight fix, there are a lot of deeper issues that he's kind of getting into that needs to solve, which I had my own issues and created such insecurity. But as I watched him pursue other men to get help, pursue what was at the core of this, and he was committed to sharing this part of his life with me and was open to giving me every device, everything that he had. And back then, we didn't even have it on any of our devices, but still... That really helped, but I was amazed at Dave in the re- in my response because I was so horrible that he continued to work on it. Really said a lot about his relationship with God. Well, and that's a big that's a big deal too. I hope you're hearing that because uh, guys, this should not be dependent upon our wife's response. Because some of some of us as women are not going to understand it no. and are not going to respond in a compassionate way. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it also serves as, a, again, another wake-up call to go, if she's not responding well, it's probably because the trust was pretty significant of what's been broken. Yeah. And so don't, it don't just, minimize it. Don't minimize it. Keep moving on this path. I think you know, the, the whole idea of just waking up to the realization that this is a big deal, repenting consistently with God and, and, and uh, apologizing to your spouse – then continue to check in. How am I doing? Am and men, I rebuilding trust? And I would say this to men. It was the most courageous thing I've seen Dave do because of my response. And I did get better because I thought I realized like, oh, we're partners. I'm his partner to get better. But to watch him like talk about respect, like I saw him battle this and want to win. And I know that's kind of an up and down thing. But man, men, I would say... Find some help because this is an area where I feel like Satan, the enemy, wants to destroy not only our men, but our kids, wives. It's kind of running rampant everywhere. And I think we really need to go to battle with this. Yeah. And we're going to do that. We're going to get some help uh, in our next podcast with Dr. Michael Seitzma, a good friend of yours, Shanti. Yep. 
And he is a licensed um, counselor, and he also is a sex therapist. And he's going to really talk about how do I specifically rebuild trust after an affair, after pornography. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. But, Anne, thank you so much for helping uh, us guys, us dudes, uh, (laughs) deal with something that we've all done. I know I have, and uh, it's not an easy thing to rebuild trust after it's been broken. So we really appreciate you helping us live with our wives in an understanding way, which is our verse for this whole uh, series. So thank you so much, Anne. So good to be with you. Mm -hmm. Well, just a reminder, uh, again, for those couples that would like to make a great first step towards rebuilding trust, uh, we want you to check out WeCanRemember.com. It's one of the best things you can do as a couple is just to get three days away because especially, Shanti, we didn't talk about this. It kind of sounded like we were talking to couples that were, you know, primarily the guy was a breadwinner. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know more and more there's couples that where it's both and trust gets eroded. And because you're so busy, especially with the wife working and the husband working and you got kids, that you don't pull the emergency brake on life and have the conversations you need to have. Yeah. And so going to a weekend to remember gives you three days that honestly, I believe can add three decades to your marriage. And it's very guy friendly. One of the things I was fascinated by when I went to one of the weekend remembers recently as sort of an observer, because one of the things I was going to be doing was, you know, you guys are developing a new whole new platform for it and, and which is awesome. And, you know, I was going to be interviewing some of the wives and sort of figuring out how it was going for them. And one of the things that I noticed was how many of the guys started out thinking, okay, I'm here because my wife asked me, and this is not my natural habitat <laughs> to be in a relationship conference for several days. And they started out kind of tight. And um, and I was really interested to see that within an hour, maybe, not even, they started loosening up. And suddenly when it was like, okay, here's a, a chance to like ask your wife a quick question – Everybody was engaged. Everybody was interested. And the speakers actually had to call the men to stop talking, which is really unusual um, because it was time to to go back to another session. But these men were hearing things from their wives that they'd never really quite had a chance to hear before. And it was just so encouraging. Yeah, it's a great check-in. And Dave and Ann Wilson are one of our uh, best speakers on the team. They do a great job with Weekend to Remember. And so... Guys, if you haven't gone, uh, it'll be a big win with your wife. It'd be a great way for you to love your wife well. So it's WeCanRemember.com. Family Life puts on about 93 a year all across the country. You can go to a great spot. No excuse for you not to go. Well, I do want to thank our audio producer, CJ3, our entire team uh, that helps pull this off uh, every episode. And we do want you to help join us next time as we talk to Dr. Michael Seitzma, uh, who's going to help us rebuild trust after it's been broken pretty significantly. Until then, I'm your host, Brian Goins. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.